This is HPR episode 2353 entitled Robo Thermometer. It is hosted by Epicarnis and is about 13 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is a surprisingly short geeky episode about connecting a temperature sensor to a Raspberry Pi. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This episode includes a shell command that is relatively simple but sounds insanely complicated when recited aloud. Would you believe that this command is the entire reason I decided to record today's episode? Here is your caffeinated beverage, Master. Thank you, robot friend. Your microphone is live, and you have begun recording, Master. Oh, right. Hello, Hacker Public Radio. You may recall that I was having some trouble with robot vampires during my previous episode. The robot vampire problem is taken care of now, but I did have to re-engineer the cultures in their microbial fuel cells to metabolize something other than the blood of the innocent, or, you know, the blood of me, either. And I had to bring in a witch doctor to sacrifice three bunnies and a sketch of Isaac Asimov to drive out the evil spirits. And I had to replace the muffler bearings and refill the headlamp fluid. You know, all routine stuff, but it took a while to get it all sorted out. Now they are no longer powered by human blood. They are powered by caffeine, just like a normal human IT person. Now that we have so much in common, the robots are my friends. In fact... Today's episode is about one of my little robot friends, who is built around a Raspberry Pi and sits around monitoring room temperature for me. That seems like a ridiculously contrived introduction for an episode about connecting a temperature sensor to a Raspberry Pi. Shh. (sighs) Fine. What's really going on here is... Name of employer... Has had a couple of incidents with server room air conditioning failing, and now they're looking into getting some temperature monitoring equipment put in. By default, this probably means some proprietary module for our proprietary security system that won't do much more than send emails if the temperature gets too high, doesn't talk to any other systems, and costs far more than such a simple thing should, like 250 US dollars each. Or so the one online price that I was able to find for our security system's brand name sensor seems to indicate. My media player design from the last episode has worked out pretty well, so I decided I wanted to see if I could come up with a temperature monitor design that would be extensible, customizable, would talk to the existing computer and network monitoring system I set up around Zabbix, and wouldn't cost much. I'm running Zabbix to monitor my home network too, so I figured I would try to get one working at home and tie it in. Not to spoil the ending, but it works. If you want your own temperature monitoring robot like mine... Here's all you have to do, presented in properly nerdy detail. Don't worry if your eyes glaze over and you fall into a hypnotic trance while listening to me recite commands. The important parts will be included in text form in the show notes for you to read later when you snap out of it. First, get a Raspberry Pi. Install the operating system and edit the slash boot slash config.txt file to add the line 
DT overlay equals W1-GPIO so that the OS knows to create a device node for the sensor to be associated with. Power off the Raspberry Pi. Get a pre-assembled DS18B20 module, or the bare part and a 4.7 kiloohm resistor. I'm using the pre-assembled board with the sensor, the resistor, and a couple of LEDs to indicate power on and data activity, which is sold by SunFounder, thanks to a generous Christmas time grant from the Mom and Dad Foundation. Hi, Dad and Mom! If you're using the bare parts, which retail for about four US dollars, connect the resistor between the positive voltage and data pins yourself. If using the $8 SunFounder board or other pre-assembled module, you can skip that. Then, just plug things in as follows. Connect pin 1 of the DS18B20, that's the ground wire, to pin 3, also the ground wire, on the Raspberry Pi. Connect pin 3 of the DS18B20, that's the VCC or positive voltage pin, to pin 2 on the Raspberry Pi, which is plus 5 volts. Uh, Pin 1 on the Raspberry Pi, which is 3.3 volts, might also work. The DS18B20 itself will work with anything from 3 volts to 5.5 volts. The SunFounder board has those LEDs on it, though, so I'm assuming it needs the extra volt and a half or so to light those up. Finally, connect pin 2 of the DS18B20, that's the data wire, to pin 7 on the Raspberry Pi, which is GPIO number 4. Power on the Raspberry Pi. Log in, and type these commands. sudo modprobe w1-gpio, and then sudo modprobe w1-therm. Now look in slash sys slash bus slash w1 slash devices to figure out which one is your temperature sensor. It should be 28 dash and a big long hexadecimal number. If you just have the temperature sensor and nothing else, there will be two things in there, and the one you want is the one that's not labeled w1 busmaster. Now try this. cat space slash sys slash bus slash w1 slash devices slash, whatever your device's number is, slash w1 underscore slave. That command should spit out a couple of lines with t equals and your temperature in millicelsius at the very end. In a typical indoor place, this is probably around 22,000, which would mean a room temperature of 22.000 celsius. If you don't care that you have to explicitly ask the temperature bot what the temperature is, and you're okay with just mentally inserting the decimal point and using the temperature in Celsius scale, you can be done here if you want. But if you want to make the output more useful, try this. Install the BC package by typing pacman-s-bc. Or if you're just not cool enough for Arch Linux, you can apt-get-install-bc like some sort of techno-commoner if you must. Now then. If you are among the mighty nations of the Bahamas, the United States, or Belize, who use Fahrenheit Freedom Units for temperature, you can fetch the reading from your temperature sensor and convert it to a plain number in Fahrenheit with the following single command. <clears throat> Echo, space, double quote, scale equals three, semicolon, space, left parentheses, backtick, grep, space, dash O, space, double quote, left square bracket, left square bracket, colon, digit, colon, right square bracket, right square bracket, backslash, left curly brace, five, backslash, right curly brace, double quote, space, 
slash sys slash bus slash w1 slash devices slash your device's number slash w1 underscore slave backtick forward slash left parentheses 5000 forward slash 9 right parentheses right parentheses plus 32 double quote space pipe space bc that was easy enough wasn't it Uh, Don't panic. That command I just read off, I'll put that in the show notes so you can just read it, too. Oh, if you're wondering about backtick, that's... Well, see, when backslash and single quote get really drunk and they get together one night and... Well, (laughs) anyway, that's the other thing that's on the tilde key at the upper left of most U.S. keyboards. The output of that command should just be the temperature in United States temperature freedom units to three decimal places. Replace the... 5,000 divided by 9 plus 32 part with just 1,000 if you are living in one of the few isolated handful of places that make up the entire rest of the world outside of the U.S., or maybe come up with a non-BC-based decimal insertion trick of some sort instead, maybe involving awk or said or something. A proper full-length discussion of the extremely flexible Zabbix monitoring system is well beyond the scope of today's short episode, but in summary... To connect the robothermometer to Zabbix, just install the Zabbix agent package on it, and adjust the Zabbix agent configuration appropriately to set the address of the Zabbix server and the hostname, and then define that one-line command I just mentioned as a user parameter. In my case, I named it room temp. And then, when you define the entry for the robothermometer on the Zabbix server, You just create a monitoring item for it, and, just like that, you've got an ongoing historical record of the temperature. And you can easily set up triggers in Zabbix to alert you by email, posting to a channel on your Rocket Chat instance, making loud noises, and various other things if the temperature gets too high, or too low, or is changing too fast. One thing that looks handy about the DS18B20 temperature sensor is that it seems to be available for well under 10 US dollars in a few different forms, including encased in a stainless steel tube that you can use to monitor temperatures with the sensor submerged. It'll operate in environments where it's about as cold as it ever gets naturally outside of Antarctica, and comfortably above boiling water temperatures. So although you can't use it as a candy thermometer, or for tracking your oven temperature, or for monitoring your stock of dry ice or liquid nitrogen, It ought to be suitable for your refrigerator, freezer, fish tank, water heater, natural hot springs, and weather in most places where sane human beings might live long term. Another nice thing is that each one has a unique serial number, so you could monitor several different ones separately from a single Raspberry Pi. As an aside, my original idea was to use a different sensor, the DHT22 Combination Temperature and Humidity Sensor, which only costs a few dollars more than the DS18B20, or its minimally exceptional cousin, the DHT11, which is pretty much the same thing, only half as accurate and a little cheaper. I decided against it in this case, because apparently the method for reading the data off of them is extremely fussy, and especially if you're on a single-core board, and anything else tries to do anything while you're trying to read data off the sensor, it can easily throw the timing off and cause the read to fail. We aren't really concerned about humidity for our purpose, so switching to the DS18B20 seems to be a smarter and much simpler option for this project. You can build a reasonably complete networked robothermometer like this with a Raspberry Pi Zero W kit, temperature sensor parts, and a suitable enclosure for a total of about $50 US or less at regular Amazon.com retail prices. You can also add additional sensors, of course, but that's a topic for another episode. And that's it for today. 
No, seriously, not everything I record has to be an hour-long epic. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Uh, well, that was nice and short. Maybe too short. It feels like something is missing. Don't you usually add some sort of allegedly humorous comment after the end music, master? Oh, dag nabbit, I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs>